Well, happy St. Patrick's Day. Um, Our readings are very appropriate here for St. Patrick's Day, I think, if we know uh, the life of St. Patrick. We have in Genesis the story, a very well-known story of Joseph, who is um, the victim of the envy of his brothers, and they sell him into slavery. And uh, in the Gospel, Christ, through his parable, is portraying this scenario whereby the Son of God is the victim of envy, envy of his brothers, so to speak, the Pharisees. And uh, they uh, have ill will towards him, just like Joseph's brothers did towards Joseph. Um, So what we have here is this individual who's loved by God, and there's these people who see this and they don't like it. They don't like the fact that this person's special and that he's loved by God. And so it evokes their their um, their envy and their enmity uh, and their hatred towards that chosen beloved uh, person. And um, but what happens though, I think, in, in both the cases here is uh, the message it, to the people who are envious is, you know what, God loves you too. <laughs> you don't you don't have to be envious and hate me. Um, I'm not going to say something like, oh, I'm not special, God doesn't love me. No, it is true, I'm special. God loves me. But you know what, that's true for you as well. You're special as well. God loves you as well. So with what happens with Joseph in the end is... Um, his dreams come to pass. As we know, he gets sold into slavery. He's a slave in Egypt, but then he works his way up the ladder, kind of a rags-to-riches story, and he finds himself at the top of the, uh, um, you know, top of the totem pole there in Egypt. He's number two in the entire kingdom, and his brothers, when the famine strikes the land, they come to him asking for grain. They don't even recognize him because he's a big wig and he's got, I don't know, headdress on and whatnot. They just think they don't even know who he is. They think he's the Number two, you know, had Hancho in the in the kingdom, so they bow down to him and so forth and so on. Eventually, he reveals himself to them after he's convinced that they're truly repentance. After he's convinced that they've done, um, you know, sufficient penance, he reveals his identity to them. And uh, actually, after Jacob, their father, dies, they get pretty scared. Uh, they think that he's going to kill him, so they come and basically to him, they beg for his life. And what he says to them is really important. He says. No, you, you intended ill towards me, but God intended this whole thing uh, for good. And he intended so that our entire family uh, would be preserved alive and then would become the chosen people would grow and, and flourish. And uh, so basically what he was saying is, no, you are chosen. You're part of the elect. You're part of God's plan. God loves you. And even despite your sin... Uh, he and even really through your sin, believe it or not, God is working all things for the good uh, for those um, whom has, He has called. And uh, so, also with the Jewish people who have rejected Jesus, um, uh, we don't see it yet. But Saint Paul, uh, other scripture passages, Christ Himself, I, I believe, in the Gospel of Luke, um, prophesies, and it's part of our Catholic tradition that the Jewish people eventually will recognize Jesus as the Messiah. And uh, so it will be a similar thing that will take place, just as it was with with Joseph and his brothers. At the end, Joseph's 
identity, true identity, will be is revealed to his brothers. So also Christ's true identity will be revealed to the Jewish people, and they will come to understand that the envy, uh, the jealousy, the hatred that was all unnecessary, and that actually they were from the beginning part of God's plan, and that they were beloved. So we have Saint Patrick. Saint Patrick, uh, you know, you have the you have the Celtic peoples. From my understanding of history, how it works is you have all of the Caucasian peoples, different groups. You got basically uh, the Celts and the Celts in the Roman times they they were on the continent and they also made their way to the British Islands and to uh, Ireland and um, St. Patrick in a certain sense was he was probably I think it was uh, his blood was Celtic blood but he was born uh, in basically Great Britain what we would today call Great Britain around the end of the 4th century and um, he was captured by Irish uh, pirates, okay, and he was sold as a slave uh, in Ireland, and so when he was only 16 years old, so it's really a lot like Joseph. I mean, his story is ex- ex- very similar, I think, uh, except for the fact that he didn't become a big king, you know. But he, but he eventually was freed and became uh, obviously an incredibly important person that was used by God for the good of the Irish people. Um, and so that's what happens to him. He's a slave for about six years. He eventually escapes, um, and he makes his way back to Great Britain, again, what we call today Great Britain. And um, he becomes a priest eventually. And then he has a vision uh, from God telling him to go back. And so he's sent back. And he's sent back as a bishop, as a missionary bishop, actually, so he can ordain priests. So he goes to Ireland, and he ordains priests. He sets up monasteries, and the gospel flourishes uh, under his ministry. But I'm just going to draw your attention to this beautiful passage from his own, St. Patrick's own writings. Uh, this was the vision that he received telling him to go back to Ireland uh, to minister to the people who captured and enslaved him. He says, I saw a man coming, as it were, from Ireland, and he carried many letters, and he gave me one of them. No, this is like a dream vision. I read the heading, so in the the letter that he picks up, he opens up, the heading says, The Voice of the Irish. Uh, As I began the letter, I imagined at that moment that I heard the voice of those very people who were near the wood of uh, Fulklutz, which is beside the Western Sea, so, you know, placed in Ireland. And they cried out, as with one voice, We appeal to you, holy servant boy, to come and walk among us. It's, it's very neat. We appeal to you, holy servant boy, to come and walk among us. Now, you've got this contrast between hearing the voice of the Irish people and then seeing Okay, so if St. Patrick just went by his sight, he would have never gone back to Ireland because the only thing that he had experienced by the Irish up until that point was enslavement, bitterness, hatred. Okay, And even when he went there initially as a bishop, he encountered resistance, great opposition. People hated his guts. They didn't want him there. They didn't want to hear what he had to say. They were mostly pagans at the time. Uh, but he didn't go by what his eyes saw. He had faith. Faith comes by hearing. And so he could hear the voice of the true Irish people as they were called by God, as they were truly beloved of God, as they were truly chosen of God. Uh, he could hear that. And it was, a, it was a vision of faith. And so he kept laboring no matter what, despite all appearances, 
He kept laboring, he kept laboring, and by the end of his life, he was so successful that basically all of Ireland had converted to Catholicism. Uh, unbelievable, really, were the labors uh, that were exerted by this one man and what resulted. Uh, and, of course, the Irish have been faithful to the gospel until this day. Unfortunately, there are many political things taking place in Ireland that are very, you know, not good. Uh, they're one of the last countries in the world to hold out on um, uh, the legalization of abortion. Uh, but I think that's going to happen if it hasn't already happened. I'm not sure. I think it just recently took place. So that, that's unfortunate, and there's, there's you know, a lot of anti-clericalism sentiment in Ireland right now. There's no doubt about it, largely because of the sex abuse scandal uh, garbage that's gone on. Okay. Um, but in any event, uh, the Irish people very much have been called and chosen by God, and uh, they built the church in America. I mean, that's that's pretty much the truth. The church in America, Catholic America, really owes it to the Irish uh, missionaries and the Irish immigrants that came and really set up the, you know, if we look at our own diocese, we've had, uh, I think Bishop Antano is, the, is it the ninth? I think he's the ninth bishop. He's the first Italian bishop. All previous were eight. Uh, all previous bishops were Irish. Uh, eight bishops, you know. So, and that's just kind of typical. Um, so, so here we have. Uh, I'll cut this short here. So here we have, you know, this beautiful example in the in the life of Saint Patrick. Um, he's rejected at first. Uh, he's enslaved, just like Christ, just like uh, Saint. Uh, sorry, Joseph, the patriarch Joseph. And uh, and yet, the message of the story is to those who reject him is that you are beloved too, and I believe in your true self, called by God, and I'm going to go by my ears and not by my eyes, and I'm going to labor out of love until you can truly see for yourself that you are called, that God loves you, and that he has uh, a vocation on your life. Um, so today, that's what we celebrate. 